Welcome to the Let's Talk EMDR podcast brought to you by the EMDR International Association or EMDRIA. I am your host, Kim Howard. In this episode, we are talking with EMDR therapist Nancy Andino about EMDR therapy for anxiety. Nancy is located in Union City, New Jersey. Let's get started. Today, we are speaking with EMDR therapist Nancy Andino to talk about EMDR therapy and anxiety. Thank you, Nancy, for being here today. We are so happy that you said yes. Thank you for having me. Nancy, tell us a little bit about your path to becoming an EMDR therapist. I would say it started from a colleague that she had done the training in a military base because she was working on a, a military base and she felt that it was very helpful for her clients. She's like, you have to do this, especially with the population that I was working with at the time. And I was running like a, a methadone clinic and it's like, I think it would be very helpful to at least have the tools to, for the staff to be able, blah, blah, blah. We were having the conversation. Yeah. I was like, yes, I'll put it on my list of things to do. <laughs> so Which I is probably that. a mile long. <laughs> <laughs> but during that time, I was also completing my just stop training. And then I was like, you know what? Let me take this. You know, once I finished that, started my private practice. And I when I took the training, I was like, huh, okay. They say this works. Let's see. And then I didn't use it for a few years. It was just, okay, something that I had and I had been informed by other people that had done the training. You don't need to be trained anymore. I'm like, that's weird. Right. So then I decided to, a, a training came up. Sorry, this is a puppy. The training came up and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do this training. It was like after, I think it was like the craft of EMDR or something like that. And I took the training and it like re- motivated me again. Like Now I'm even more curious. Now I'm going to start doing it. And I started doing it. And I am a full believer now. <laughs> Woo, that's nice. We like those stories. More, you know, I've been continuing to participate in, cons- in consultations. And the more curious I get, the more I learn and the more my clients get to experience and heal. Yeah, that's that's the goal here. Yeah, that yeah. is the goal here is to make sure that people are healing. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. What's your favorite part of working with EMDR therapy? I would say it's the shock that is experienced from clients at the end of life. And then after that, and and along with the, uh, I don't know what happened. I no longer feel the same way. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. I just, I guess I got over it. <laughs> just needed to talk more about it not really kind of giving credit to the experience that they had and what they were able to do with their own brain. So I think that is my, my favorite part along with the, you want me to do what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I hear that a lot from people that we interview and I've heard people present at our conferences and summit. And even when they write for the magazine about the relief that the client gets from therapy, from EMDR therapy and, the sense of, wow, I can have that memory, but it's not as triggering as it once was. It's just mm-hmm. sort of like the rest of my memories and, and, and the relief, the sense of relief that comes over their face in their sessions and, and after that. So that's, that's beautiful. I mean, how, yeah. what a beautiful 
way to work with people. It is. I personally enjoy the comments that come along with it. Nancy, what successes have you seen using EMDR therapy for anxiety? I would say it's allowed clients to feel more comfortable in in social spaces. It's allowed them to be able to speak up at work and stand up for themselves at work, to be able to better communicate with family members when it comes to challenging conversations, even to be able to communicate with their supervisors in the workplace. It has allowed them to breathe, right? They feel like, oh, I can breathe now. But it's also allowed them to realize they, when we're doing, when we're doing the preparation stages for EMDR, they gain awareness of, I've always experienced anxiety and I didn't know. That's what I'm experiencing. Yeah. Right? Particularly for the, com- the community I work with, which is people of color. Right? It's like, so it's always been here and I didn't know it felt at this level. Now it doesn't make sense for them. So being able to go back to when did it start and how does it show up and now how it's showing up now in the environment that we live in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's, it's such a relief when you can put a name to something, whether yes. it's a mental health issue or a physical ailment that you have. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this is what this is. Now yes. I know I can learn how to deal with it because I've been able to identify it. So that's, Absolutely. Uh, I'm yeah. sure that sense of relief is, is a huge burden lifted yes. off their shoulders. Absolutely. It allows them to be able to see, oh, it's showing up. And we do a lot of somatic work. Like it's showing up again. Why? Right. So being able for them to ask and get curious with it as opposed to just having to stay in that space, right? It's pretty, it's been pretty good. Good. Are there any myths that you would like to bust about EMDR therapy for anxiety? That is going to resolve anxiety as a whole. (laughs) We do EMDR, I'm never going to experience anxiety again. Like, no, it's just, you know, we we will experience heightened emotions. It's just going to depend on what situations and how you respond to it. Along with that, it will, that EMDR is not going to help them at all. Like this is not going to help me. So since it's not going to help me, I'm not even going to do it. Right. So that, I think that's one, along with feeling that anxiety has been the culprit of everything that's happened in their lives versus kind of like, well, anxiety may have been the loudest part that been most likely numbing everything else that's been happening. So now we get to open it up and, and now we get to actually work on everything else. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Nancy, are there any specific complexities or difficulties with using EMDR therapy for this population? Yes. For me, it's been, how are they going to respond? The complexities or difficult, like I'm introducing something new and I'm introducing something new to my community where therapy is already like, you're going to go see what? You're crazy, mm-hmm. right? Or all the stigmas associated with it. So that avoidance, right? That is, that's like the, the first one trying to, uh, well, for me, it would be the step two because they already came to see me, right? So they right. were able to get past the first one. And the second part is like, now I'm introducing something new that they never seen or never experienced or they may have heard of or feel like they're going to be made fun of. Um, so I think that's, that's part of the difficulties that I experience with it. Um, and other ones is they've tried so many things and they have not been successful in any of it. So why should I even, I don't even want to waste my time with this. I don't want to get my hopes up for something that's not going to work. 
right? Another one is already coming in, like feeling defeated or they're feeling annoyed at themselves because they are experiencing anxiety and they don't know how to manage it, right? It's kind of like, I'm supposed to be able to handle this on my own. Right. So I am weak if I don't handle this on my own. And now you want to introduce a new tool, something new and have me do all these things that it makes me feel even more less than or even more insecure. Even experiencing anxiety has been helpful in some way, right? To be able to survive in the neighborhoods, be able to survive in communities, be able to survive in all white spaces. It's kind of like it gives them the high heightened alert. Like I need to be aware as to what's happening. So it's like, is it going to be, is that going to be lost? That can be something. And also the vulnerability that comes with being seen during EMDR, right? So it's, you're going to be watching me while I am doing this and this and while I am experiencing such intense emotions or having all these thoughts and I can't share them or I don't have to, but you're watching me. Mm-hmm. Especially now that it's virtual. So it, it kind it kind of brings in that other level of vulnerability and feeling like very raw during that. So I feel those are some of the complexities that show up and being able to navigate that with a lot of compassion and empathy. But also understanding that yes, this is where we are and that we have the strength to be able to do it. We've talked about this on the podcast before when I interviewed Marshall Lyles. A few months back, you talked about how brave people were who come to therapy. And mm-hmm. so I've tried to restate that, not every podcast episode, but it is brave for you yes. to make a decision to go to therapy. And particularly with people of color, I am not a person of color. I am white. You are a person of color. But particularly with people of color, there has been a mistrust among the medical experts, the medical field, mm-hmm. the medical profession with good reasoning. And then there's also the stigma of, oh, you need to go to therapy. Something's wrong with you. Well, yes. if you're not being able to cope, then yeah, you have to get help. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. You know, there's nothing wrong with you wanting to live a better life, less anxious or less traumatized or less mm-hmm. fill in the blank. And so if that, if therapy is what needs to happen, then you go do it. Yes, and, you know? and it's also coming from family structures that whatever happens in this house stays in the house. You're not supposed right. to air your dirty laundry out. You're not supposed right. to say anything to a stranger. So yeah. it's kind of like you have to keep that in because then that's going to, that's the representation of what happened in our household. Or that's the representation of what happens. When you walk out this door, you're representing us. You're not just representing yourself. Right. Absolutely. And that plays a big role in this. Well, I think everybody who's ever been to therapy or thinking about going to therapy, we support you. So yes, absolutely. It's it's the most bravest and courageous thing you can do. (laughs) Nancy, how do you practice cultural humility as an EMDR therapist? So I view it from a lens of my clients are the experts, right? A lens of I am a person that was judged growing up, the discomforts that showed up looking like this coming into the United coming to the United States in like 88 and, you know, being in neighborhoods and they were so confused, like, but she looked black, but she speaks another language. How come she has an accent, but her skin color, you know, being, um, having that type of experience with kids that look like me, but our cultures were completely different. The language was different. The food was different. Mm-hmm. Um, the discomforts that came with having to stand up for myself and not knowing the language and then learning the language and still having to stand up for myself. 
I feel that that allowed that allows me to still to have curiosity with every client that comes to see me, right? And um, when ninety eight percent or ninety five percent of my practice is of people of color, so it's from the African American experience that is a little bit different than my immigrant Black Puerto Rican experience, right? right? And learning that as well, I have clients that are from Asia, I have clients that are from the Middle East, and we all have a common thread, right? But it's also just because we have a common thread does not mean that the cultural differences don't play a big role. So I always come into all my sessions as I am a student of my clients, and they will teach me what they are experiencing, and it's my responsibility to learn more and to be humble in that manner, which I feel allows me to be a better therapist and better able to connect with them. Also, the understanding that all my education has been through a white lens, everything, right? From elementary school to all postgraduate, all that stuff is through a white westernized lens, which is completely, I always feel like you, it's tried to strip the culture out of us. Right, because it's like it is very individually driven. It's for individuals versus we come from community and culture. And that is a big priority and it's very meaningful growing up. And now it's kind of like you have to take care of you because so it's it's new, it's new skills being learned, but also is how do we integrate it as opposed to the person trying to fit into it? No. How are we able to integrate it into you being able to live a healthy life while still honoring your values and, and, and your family structure, your cultures and all that stuff? And um, I feel being humble allows me to do that and being fully aware that, yes, this the, the lens that I was taught through was not my lens, not my ethnic lens, not my cultural lens. So I had to once learned that, like, okay, come back into me. And how do I remix this with some sazon, put some adobo, put some things to actually bring it to life with the clients that I work with? Yeah, that's a wonderful answer. Thank you. Do you have a favorite free EMDR related resource that you would suggest either for the public or other EMDR therapists? Google. <laughs> And Andrea, the Andrea Library, it has so much information. You can find so many things in it. And I love that it's open. So I'm able, I utilize it a lot. And the community, right? Andrea community, EMDR community, um, whatever I see, like, hey, let me look up into that a little bit. Yeah. I've worked in associations a long time, mostly throughout my career, my 30 year plus career. And, and that is a huge driving factor for people to join organizations is to join other people who have like interests, yes. whether it's personal or professional yes. and to learn from each other. And that almost can't, you almost can't put a price tag on that because mm-hmm. you're, you're taking all these other people's experiences and education and they're helping you to solve an, a problem and you in turn do the same. And that's almost an invaluable membership. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Right? Yeah. And that comes back, right? We have to be able to build community in order right. to be able to learn more and ha- receive the support because as an AMDR therapist, one thing, support is needed. Mm-hmm. 
right? It, yeah. It's needed because we're going to have bloopers. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to feel, <laughs> and bloopers can be big. Like, what do I do here? Don't worry. It's completely okay. Yeah. Right? We're going to do this now. <laughs> so I think that's, that is incredibly helpful. So yes, the community is very much a necessity. Yeah. Thank you. Nancy, what would you like people outside of the EMDR community to know about EMDR and anxiety? That it's the same way anxiety is a full body experience. And when I say full body, it's literally from head to toe. EMDR allows you to be able to reprocess it from head to toe. Actually, from toe to head. (laughs) So it allows us to be able to integrate it in such a manner that you are the one that has the control. It's not me doing it for you. It's you being able to allow yourself to heal yourself because you are the one that is guiding us in this process and in it. I feel that EMDR is a whole body experience where I feel we can bring in the whole aspect of holistic, right? Because we're literally going by what the client is experiencing. And we are also coming into visualization. So there's creativity that also comes with this. Let us visualize it, right? We're creating future memories. Who the heck does this, right? <laughs> like, well, let us go into the future and let's see how this, like what? Yes, we're going to create a scenario and then, right? So the power of our bodies to be able to do this, EMDR allows us to do that. And even when I, I always say, as a therapist, it's our responsibility to continue learning, right? So, and okay, I, I am trained in EMDR, then I am certified in, in, in trauma therapist, then as a gestalt therapist, then you have all these things that you get to marry and utilize it. And EMDR has been an, an incredible complement and leading tool. Yeah. that I use. Yeah. yeah, we talked about this before on this podcast where therapists really have to approach each client individually and whatever treatment plan they have in place is tailored yes. to that person. And what works with one person may for one issue may not work with the same person with the same, mm-hmm. different person with the same issue. And yeah. so you guys really have to go in there and just look at everybody sort of as a custom client. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. And That's to have like the those- my practice, tailored. Yes, yes. It's like, we're tailoring this to you. Is to you, yep. like, yeah. Great name for practice. <laughs> Nancy, if you weren't an EMDR therapist, what would you be? I would still be in the health field. I would feel like I would be in the teaching field or bringing people together to have experiences, something along those lines. Uh, I'm, I, this is what I feel I was meant to be. I still feel it. I am still very much grateful for it. And I'm still get surprised because I was like 15 years old where I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I'm still here. I don't get bored with clients. I enjoy working with all my clients. So I'm like, I am doing what I was meant to do. That's interesting that you knew at such a young age that you were going to be a therapist because that's generally people or children, I think, kind of pick out those therapists aren't necessarily seen in the population, right? It's usually doctor, lawyer, police officer, firefighter, 
whatever, you know, lawyer, this accountant, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. So there's things that people see those jobs doing and you don't necessarily see therapists. So that is really interesting that, that you, at such a young age, 15. Yes. No, I think it's Remember? cool. I mean, yeah. it's very insightful. You know, I never that, even knew what a therapist did. <laughs> like, but I'm going to do this. I clearly remember we were in a Brooklyn apartment and my aunt had came over and my mom and I had baked the cake and they wanted to eat my cake. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to share my cake. <laughs> and and yeah, I don't share dessert either, Nancy. Oh, no. I'm like, why would I? You can have your own. <laughs> and... My my, I don't know if it was my mom or my aunt that asked, and I was like in Spanish. I'll tell them, well, I'm going to be working with people who are having hardships, and you know, with people that are, have been in prison or people that have addiction, and people. And they looked at me like, "What?" Like, yes, that's what I'm going to be doing. Wow, and that's exactly how it's been, right? I yeah. work in addictions, and I I run methadone clinics, and I've yeah. done these things, and I have my practice. So it's that's I'm, amazing. I'm aligned. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah. great. No, it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Nancy? Well, I was listening, whether it's therapists or clients to be as curious as possible, because curiosity allows us to be able to learn so much, kind of like we're removing judgments and we're removing shame and we're allowing ourselves to be present and inquire. And as when we are when we are inquiring from a lens of like, I just want to learn more, we can bring in so much. Yeah. And absolutely. As we bring in so much, we are able to share even more. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I like to travel. I mean, I don't travel yeah. as much as I would like to, but you, when you have the opportunity to go, whether it's to a different state or to a different country and you see how people are living their lives, the food that they they eat and mm-hmm. they prepare or their art or uh, their music and you learn about How they it. engage it's, with one another. Yeah. yeah it's really, a, it's beautiful and it's amazing. And who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, seriously. I mean, I know some people don't. don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know some people don't, you know, yeah. but yeah. it's like, wow, why would you not want to do that? I, yes. I right. Know. And curiosity removes the fear. Yes, it does. Right. The fear of the unknown. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So if we are if we allow that to happen, then we actually get to experience less anxiety. Yeah. Right. Less fears, less made up stories. I always call them like, what telenovela are we making up right now? And then it's like, hey, now I can get to experience and be present. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great way to end the podcast. Thank you, Nancy. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This has been the Let's Talk EMDR podcast with our guest, Nancy Andino. Visit www.emdria.org for more information about EMDR therapy or to use our Find an EMDR Therapist directory with more than 15,000 therapists available. Like what you hear? Make sure you subscribe to this free podcast wherever you listen. Thanks for being here today.